You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys, and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geek's Watch, for the Geeks and all the Geeks to come. And welcome back for another shift on the Geek's Watch. We are here talking about The Great on Hulu. Uh, This is the third episode of the season. Is it only the third episode? Yeah. Wow. Um, third episode of the season, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna get into that first. Let's get into our week's watch. So, Elizabeth, what did you watch this week? So, uh, two things because it's actually been two weeks since we last recorded. Um, so, Mitch had me watch The Last Dragon. Was the first oh. one I watched. which was a 1985 action comedy (laughs) kung fu movie um Mm -hmm. definitely up my alley definitely have been on an on a pure 80s action movie kick (laughs) um it had all of the things you expect from an 80s action movie terrible fashion very corny lines Ridiculous fight scenes, over-the-top villains. Yeah, just complete and utter absurdity. So it was fantastic. (laughs) Uh, So this is is Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon, so the head of uh, Motown. And, uh, you know, you you get the very big musical participation in this movie and the idea that, you know, uh, martial arts had been encroaching into the African American community quite a bit. Yes, how it influenced uh, that time period for them, and it's it's all there. It's, it's, <laughs> it is, it's all there. Yeah, it is all there, and the the god uh, Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Footage of Bruce Lee himself shows up. Yep. Mm. And he is he is treated in the movie as a godlike figure. Essentially, yes. <laughs> I, feel bad. I never watched this one, but it's it's one that's always recommended for anyone who likes like any kind of like martial arts films. And I've just never done it. I mean, if you you're such a big fan of the Golden Child, I don't see why you wouldn't watch this or wouldn't like <laughs> <Yes>. this. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then the other one that I watched uh, accidentally, I guess. True. Um, because we weren't intending to have me watch it, is called The Frighteners. Uh, <gasps> and, like, if Mitch had recommended it and shown me the poster, I would have said absolutely not, because I don't do horror movies. But this was markedly funny enough that I could get through it. <laughs> so it was... Casper, really. Yeah, well, it's... 
an adult version. Bit, yeah, a little bit more bloody, but yeah. <laughs> a little more bloody. Uh, definitely like some far more adult themes are hinted at. Um, so, but it was highly entertaining. I missed the first five, ten minutes, I think. Of yeah, it. about the first ten minutes. But it was obviously an easy enough storyline to catch on to relatively quickly. So it, that was highly enjoyable. So those are both of my week's watches. Yeah, I happened to be working on something on the computer and I had that on in the background because of HBO Max. So I was looking around for something on there to watch. And uh, I started that movie and she came home and just like sat down and watched, started watching with, you know, while, while I was working on other stuff. Yeah. So uh peter jackson's uh frighteners which i think if, if people aren't familiar with peter jackson's earlier works like you don't think of that kind of movie being his since he's mr uh middle earth kind yeah. of thing hmm. no that's still closer to middle earth than dead alive though <laughs> <laughs> i mean dead alive is its own thing like forever like <laughs> there's never gonna be anything else like dead alive so that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So no, it was it was both the movies were very good in very different ways. Um and I enjoyed them quite a bit. Yeah. I mean there's if if anybody were to explain to you what Frighteners is, it's definitely not gonna be what it actually ends up being. It's it's so much better than <laughs> that. It's it yeah, it's not just better. A yeah. You know what's <laughs> kind of funny about that too is that if uh, Frighteners hadn't been made Peter Jackson may not have made Lord of the Rings because uh, it was kind of an experiment to see if he could run his own special effects house too. And cause he figured like it would cost the same amount of money to have his own studio as opposed to like outsourcing it. So he just decided to do it all in-house and that's what led to like founding Weta and uh, doing all the Lord of the Rings special effects and big pictures and stuff. Wow. Weta does everything. What is behind all the best things? Okay, so The Last Dragon was my own DVD copy, and yep. <laughs> Frighteners was on HBO Max. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if Last Dragon is available. It used to be available on Netflix uh, at one point. I don't know if it is still or not. Um, but with that being said, Stephen, what did you watch this week? Okay, uh, so keeping with the idea of the two, I did two things. Um, I get not, one of which doesn't need any kind of really description because I've harped on it plenty. But I watched the new season of uh, Legends of Tomorrow when it was put on uh, Netflix. Oh, nice! I love that show. <clears throat> watched the last episode of the last of this last season. Yes. Okay. Um, but yeah, no. So I don't know. It this season starts off weird because <laughs> the first episode of the season, if you're not watching all of the CW shows, it starts off with one of the crossover episodes, the last mm -hmm. one of it. And I don't know. I. People talk a lot of crap about Power Rangers, but then watch these shows. But these shows are just Power Rangers. <laughs> like, in all the ways. Like, the, did you watch the finale of Crisis, Mitch? I did. How, how does the, the final fight with the big bad go? They all <laughs> come together and make a... a wait, in the Crisis? Yeah, and in Legends, like, for yeah. the Crisis event. How, how do they finally defeat the Anti-Monitor? When he comes back, you have to, I don't know. That was a half a year ago. <laughs> okay, so essentially, what happens is they're like, "Oh no, we already defeated the bad guy," but then the anti monitor pops back up, 
um, because they they don't really expect people to watch Legends, so they gave them like a second ending of it. Right. But um, so all the all the the guys are all fighting together, like all the superheroes and stuff. All of them have come together from all the generations of things, and they go to fight the Anti Monitor, and then they decide like, oh, we're gonna have to do this thing. We have this plan to defeat him. But then when they go to fight him, he just suddenly gets to be stories and stories tall. He's giant. He just grows. <laughs> like Rita Repulsa threw her staff in the ground and said, make my monster grow. So he gets big. They all fly around him. And that's just Power Rangers. It's just Power Rangers. Just <laughs> so Mitch... Budget. Uh, so, well, I mean, they have a good budget in Japan. <laughs> uh, but no, um, so Mitch, if you ever want to watch Power Rangers with me and give it an honest try after realizing that you actually do love Power Rangers, I'm here for you. <laughs> I mean, I've never talked about Power Rangers before. I watched it when I was younger. Uh, I mean, that could have been yesterday for that statement. Did you yeah, watch Power Rangers yesterday, Mitch? No, it was not yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I watched that. Um, and then uh, another thing that I actually was re-watching because I haven't watched it in, I don't know, probably two years at this point. Was that I went back and rewatched a series called Megalobox, which is a terrible name and sounds like it's a box from Megalomart in King of the Hill. But it's actually an, um, an anniversary anime series that was produced to look, I, I think, a lot like anime from the early 2000s, Trigun, Cowboy Bebop, things like that, visually. Um, that was produced as um, an anniversary, a 50th anniversary series for the, the series Ashida no Joe, uh, which is this classic classic boxing uh, manga and anime um mm. and it's very good there's a couple parts where it's like a little bit cheesy because it is still essentially a battle series but it's animated beautifully the music in it's fantastic for anyone who likes any of the series from uh was it uh shinichiro watanabe the person that did um kobe bop and different things like that mm. give this one a try that's all yeah. i got no oh, okay so <laughs> Uh, where, where was it that you you watched uh, Legends on Netflix, and where was the this other show? Also on Netflix. Also on Netflix. Yeah. Cool. All right, Jessica, what did you watch this week? Um, I watched a 1980s movie called Dragon Slayer, which I mm-hmm. think for a while was a movie I really liked as a kid, and then I completely forgot about it until. I was going through all my DVDs and I pulled this out and I was like, what is this 1980s dragon <laughs> thing? So, but yeah, rewatching it, I was like, oh, I remember what's going to happen. Oh, okay. <laughs> but um, it typical 1980s high fantasy doesn't quite make sense all the time. A little bit illogical in the magic, uh, but it's still really good and fun to watch cheesy effects and yeah in us talking about you watching this movie in text we learned something about mitch oh no (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah mitch mitch has never seen lady hawk i've never seen lady hawk this is true i've never seen all of lady hawk that's crazy to me (laughs) actually i i feel like i've only seen probably the like i don't think i've ever seen the beginning of lady hawk Ever and I've only watched it maybe twice, just catching it. So we so a couple weeks. Yeah, I, yeah, I was gonna say group watch. <laughs> group watch of Lady Hawk over the end yeah. apparently coming up. Coming up. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> hey. 
I mean, I love Rutger Hauer, so I'm I'm in. <laughs> and, and young Matthew Broderick, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or am I thinking of something else? No, that's the one. No, it's oh, okay. yeah. Who's the, um, who's the lady? Who's the hawk in that? Uh, There's a hawk. No, isn't it? Lady hawk. Wasn't that Michelle Pfeiffer in that one too? That's what I just said. Yeah, isn't it yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. I, Don't look at me. I, I've 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 walked past it a bunch of times when I used to work at Blockbuster. <laughs> yeah. I've uh, seen parts of it, but I've never watched the whole thing. So, <clears throat> sure, we, we can do a group watch of that. I'm I'm in always. Yeah. So we're gonna do that. Uh, the Golden Child, and and what else for that day? <laughs> <laughs> do you have a theme going, or is it just? Nope. Okay. Well, I mean, Lady <laughs> Hawk and Golden Child are already your your choice. You might as well pick the third one too. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll I'll have to put thought into this one. Okay, completely random movies. <laughs> 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 completely random movies. Stephen has deemed we all need to watch. There you go. It's yep. the, the Stephen collection. <laughs> Did you? Uh, On- where, where, where'd you watch uh, Dragon Slayer at? I I had a DVD of it. And I haven't looked up if you can find it anywhere else. It's yeah, it's honestly, <laughs> it was I'm a wonderful bet, rediscovery. <laughs> I'm gonna bet this is one of those ones that's that you get advertised on like the front of a smart TV where it's like free on these channels and it's like to be and stuff. Like it's gonna be like those. I'm sure. I'm sure it's it's owned by Disney at this point. So you probably just watch it on Disney Plus. Well, Disney already did own it. It was produced by Disney through Paramount. There you and go. There, there, um, yeah, there is a bit of controversy behind it because it has nudity in it, like it simple nudity, nothing full frontal or anything, and it's also fairly violent and bloody. So they're probably not on Disney Plus then. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not on Disney Plus, but maybe well, eventually. I mean, no, they, what, they, maybe that, Hulu. They went and added in the hair for Splash yep. cover up yeah. there on the butt, so they might do the same for Dragon Slayer. <laughs> Yeah, That's it what was, I was gonna it say. hard for them to blur it out because the nudity happens underwater, so they could just make the water look murkier. Or Put a fish yeah. in front of it. Yeah, fish swims by. Yeah, fish, <laughs> group of fish swim by. I did Nemo right there. Yeah. <laughs> I did also, finally, after it's been out for a while, started rewatching Avatar, The Last Airbender. So I'm already, I think in two days, I'm already five episodes into the fire book, so like the third season. So. Wow. Damn pretty much inhaled it <laughs> that's that's the last season guys yeah like so. crossing say is a that's a a deep one to get through too yeah well, bossing say the the bossing say commentary is the best thing right now it's like there's no coronavirus in bossing say <laughs> um but yeah, it's to it, uh, you guys talk about this in the group chat. I was just like, "Yep, n- none of these words mean <laughs> anything. <laughs> Nothing. It's really, <laughs> it's a really, yeah, it's one of those really good shows that I think everybody should watch, when, no matter what their age is. And um, mm-hmm. and it's just, I don't think I'd ever watched it like in a row because I never recorded it when it was out, or I don't even know if I had recording when it was on TV. And so I always just caught it within those marathons. So I was like, I know I've missed a lot of episodes or, but um, so it definitely is worth the rewatch and just seeing how it all goes out chronologically and not get confused over when is this happening right now? But 
And you know, one of the failings of the Shyamalan movie is that they try to truncate the whole first season into one movie. What Shyamalan mm-hmm. movie? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, well, there's rumors that one was made a while back, but... Oh, I'll um, never let you guys forget when that movie was made. <laughs> See, there's a lot of filler episodes, but these filler episodes have really wonderful character moments. Like, mm-hmm. there's one that has nothing to do... There's actually several, but there's mm-hmm. one in particular where Aang, the main character, is just having fun blowing a little flute, playing with some like ferrets or something, or some kind of moles mm-hmm. that like repeat the the tune that he's doing. It adds nothing to the story, but it's so great to watch, and it just kind of shows, you know, the characters a little bit here and there, like how they interact with other people, what shapes them. So, like any live action adaptation that skips out on these character moments is gonna fail. Uh, so I hope nobody ever tries that again. They are. They are, but it's going to be a series, and it's done by the original creators. So yeah, and it, yeah, so it should come out good. Hopefully, hopefully have, they at least pronounce it right. <laughs> you all hate it still, anyways. Well, Wait, still I mean, think with their casting, so that's still up in the air. This one, honestly, I think I'm going to this one positive about it. Same as the Cowboy Bebop uh, Netflix adaptation and everything. I, I I feel good about it. I don't know. <laughs> okay well there you go uh avatar the last airbender is on uh netflix is yep. is uh the legend of Korra also on there or is it just avatar the last airbender i don't know i hope it's on there because i haven't seen anything of legend of Korra. so <laughs> at all i think i've seen like three episodes maybe what and they were like mid-season episodes where i was like who are these people Damn. So, yeah, I know. I, uh, I stopped watching Nickelodeon. Like, <laughs> I mean, they didn't even air the finale of Korra on Nickelodeon because it had two girls what? kissing. What? Yeah. Spoiler alert. I didn't say what two girls. <laughs> <clears throat> yep. Controversy. There you go. So <laughs> if, if you have to rent it or something. Yeah, where did you find it? I don't know. I haven't watched it since it was, when, since it first came out two years was, ago. They did like, stream it on the Nick website, but yeah, mm-hmm. it wasn't played that, on TV. Yeah, that's what I was asking. Is like if they didn't air it on TV, oh. where did you watch it at? Like, yeah, I thought you were saying now. Yeah, on the website, it was where you could watch it. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, John, what did you watch this week? Well, uh, in my attempts to stifle the. Uh, feelings of doom and gloom i <laughs> dropped myself in as many happy youtube videos as i could uh, i came across watch a... something about youtube <laughs> <laughs> i i watched a youtuber called arcus who is an interesting guy to say the least he's a he's a speedrunner um he plays a lot of old uh, nintendo games mm. uh, from what i hear he has a setup where he uses an original nes uh, like setup, uh-huh. and he practices with an NES Advantage. I think that's the joystick one because it has the turbo buttons. And he can beat Ninja Gaiden in like twelve minutes or less. And he's not doing any like Game Genie stuff. Everything he does is in game only. Sometimes he'll use glitches or little tricks <laughs> that are not like supposed to be part of the game, but 
he's not adding anything or modding. He's just using the game and kind of taking advantage of exploits. But the most entertaining thing about it is how nonchalant he is throughout the whole process. And he has like the biggest handlebar mustache and he wears a cowboy hat. But he sounds like that dude from Family Guy that uh, I don't even know how to describe him, but he's the pedophile? He has... No, no, not Herbert. No, um, he's just like a side character and he just has like a real kind of like low key like well maybe you should just go with my father and fishing and uh, like he just has that really kind of just hard to describe did you ever watch the episode with mayor b yes okay that voice oh what it sounds like yeah the uh i'm gonna sting you yeah. yeah maybe not you know like that guy that's how he sounds but is, like, is this just... the guy that sounds like joe exotic Maybe there's a guy that has the mustache, and he's like, "Oh, you better watch him." Yes, that's the guy. Okay, yeah. Oh right. Okay. He. Get what anybody's talking about. He was so entertaining <laughs> to watch because he'll just go like, "Okay, one, two, three. There we go. Slice and dice. Slice and dice. Like just." <laughs> and he's just clearing the game. Like he, I, I watched him do Super Mario World, or I'm sorry, Super Mario Three, uh, both warpless and with warps. That was incredible. Uh, Ninja Gaiden 1, 2, and 3, and Legend of Zelda, among a few others. And it was insane. I'm like, wow. Like, I've been playing games wrong my whole life. <laughs> like, I thought I knew what I was doing. No, this guy is like... It's like he could see into the matrix of the NES. Like, he's just... And I'm, I'm, I know that it probably takes hours upon hours of just, like, replaying these over and over again, memorization. But just watching the end result is amazing. It's like digital ballet. It's incredible. But that being said, I did decide to finally watch something I've really wanted to see for a very long time now, continuing with the Nicolas Cage uh, renaissance that's been occurring. Uh, I Ghost watched Rider. Out of Space. Oh. And I have to say, <clears throat> it's effective. It works. Um, for being cosmic horror, it actually does a pretty decent job of conveying the those feelings of the unknown. Uh, it builds up great atmosphere at first, and then it quickly devolves into like Cronenbergian body horror. Yeah, uh, it's really really cool. The only complaint I would have, I've never read the original story, but I'm assuming that it's done from the point of view of what is essentially one of the side characters in the book. Uh, okay, because it seems like in the original narrative, he would be just kind of describing his interaction with the family, uh, Nicholas Cage's family and um, trying to describe these weird events that he kind of lived through, um, including one scene where he gets a glimpse at what I guess would be like an alien civilization. Um, but it's really cool, the the effect. I mean, you could tell this was a low-budget movie. It all takes place essentially in one main setting, in the woods. Um, there's definitely some like 80s throwback kind of horror in there. A lot of like The Thing is in here. And um, a little bit of maybe even a little bit of poltergeist too. Without the, it's not supernatural. I do want to kind of give away that spoiler that this is definitely all uh, alien-based, sci-fi-based. Um, but it does have these moments of like you know a little boy basically saying they're here kind of situation, and uh, it's a great combination of these different types of horror. Um, that's uh, it really works for me. I think this it. Mm -hmm. 
director continues with the theme of making inspired movies. I think the next one they want to do is um, uh, oh, what's the name of it? It's like the name of a town. Um, can't remember the name of it now. But yeah, they're supposed Yuma. to <laughs> <laughs> very Lovecraftian. Um, I think it would really work. Uh, the, the way they did this one uh, was effective, like I said. It builds really good uh, tension at first, and then it just evolves to straight up like gory monster fest. Hmm. I was super curious about this one. <clears throat> I, did, I, just, I, I would recommend it. It's different from Mandy, um, although it does still have the prerequisite modern-day Nicolas Cage freakout scene. <laughs> but it's nowhere near the same level. Like it's not, you know, not the bees kind of, but not the bees, not the bees. Yeah, but it, it, he does seem to be tapping into that Nicholas Cage here a few times. <laughs> Speaking of Lovecraftian, has anybody seen the trailer for Lovecraft Country? No, I have. Yeah, the HBO show that looks that looks really good. I cannot wait to see that also, and I will be watching that whether it's for this or not. I, I like. <laughs> I like. That the the series, the people who are like the showrunners and stuff, um, they're actively talking about the fact that it's like, oh, it's Lovecraft stuff, but like without the racism. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate that a lot. Yeah, Lovecraft wasn't exactly a racist; he was a xenophobe. There's a slight difference. I, I don't. I, just, the, the the name of his cat would beg to differ. <laughs> I feel like you're getting okay, into true. semantics at that. Point. <laughs> yeah. Do I hate? you based off of just one category or all the categories like that's that's well, semantics that, that's definitely interesting yeah the, that, is, that is indeed some antics <laughs> uh okay so where was a uh, color space at um i think i saw it on fandango um VOD, mm-hmm. but uh, i think VOD. it's the only place it's available uh, no, actually, they have it in several different platforms, but Fandango what? is the one I used. Yeah, it's on. I think it's also on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I think it's on Amazon Prime also. Um, but Fandango does have a two for one <coughs> where you can get both the Color Outer Space and Mandy um, for like five bucks in HD. So if you they know what the people want, both, huh? they know what the people want. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean the people who want to watch Mandy, they know exactly what the other movie that they want to watch is. <laughs> I was like, if you watch Mandy, you're gonna want to watch Color Out of Space. <laughs> Very similar color schemes, as a matter of fact. One skews a little bit more magenta, though. Joe, do do you know anything about the newer Ghost Rider character of Marvel's? Robbie Reyes. No, newer than that, even. Oh, then no, no idea. There's one. It's the cosmic ghost rider. Oh yeah, and he's kooky. He's kooky. He's got. He's the the ward of Galactus now. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So That's I'm sad. I'm I'm sad that um that Nicholas Cage already played a ghost rider because that lowers <laughs> the odds of him playing this new ghost rider who's just absolutely batshit crazy. So I I hope they bring him back. And just don't acknowledge that he played Ghost Rider before. Like, if we rebooted Captain America and we're just like, you know, now 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 he's even bigger. And we brought Chris Evans back. Hey, if they could do that with Deadpool, he played the same character in a much better follow-up. So That's fair. You got me. So, yeah, I, I want him to play new Cosmic Ghost Rider. That would be amazing. <laughs> 
Yeah, the funny thing is, is that he, he was he was so crazy and kooky in the comic book that most people thought that he was Deadpool as the Ghost Rider, the yep. Cos- the Herald of Galactus. End, ends up not being Deadpool, but yeah, very very. Interesting. How do flames work in space? It's cosmic flames. It, they're spe- oh. they're natural. <laughs> Uh, okay, so color spaces on Fandango if you want it to watch with Mandy. Okay. Uh, let's see, for my week's watch, uh, for the movie that Elizabeth got me to watch this week of her choosing, I watched Aristocats. Uh, <laughs> it was do, a... Do, what were you going to say, Stephen? I was like, do you want to be a cat? No. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to say that I don't even remember what the butler's name was. His plan was just flawed. You're supposed to wait till the old lady kicks it, then get rid of the cats. Not get rid of the cats first. Like it just doesn't make any sense. He's not thinking this through. I mean, the, the everybody, all the except except if he waits till she kicks it, then it looks like he has motive. Yeah. Before he kicks it, everybody assumes he doesn't know what's in the will. Yeah, but it, it, there's no guarantee that she he's going to be the next thing that gets moved up to being in the will. It could just be more cats. I'm sure she'll go get more cats. To, I, to, to be fair, though, like, <clears throat> would you assume that they had planned like a solid like 42 rungs <laughs> down the line? Like, there's there's like the so many goddamn cats. I think <laughs> it is a little bit safe to assume like he's the closest in proximity after this like. One hundred and thousand, like one hundred thousand list long, like long list of cats. I can't speak. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying he was going to be named the caretaker, so he would have access to all the money. He might as well have just took care of the cats. Yeah, not I agree. Forever, he's going to outlive no. them. Uh, and then everybody having different, all the cat animals having different accents. That was just strange to me. <laughs> hey, you want to speak about races? What do you think about those Siamese yeah. cats? <laughs> the Siamese cats? That was, that's Lady in the Tramp. There was a Siamese cat in this one. Was there? He played with the chopsticks in the music. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he blocked it out. He's like, nope, that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> the is that these are the racial stereotypes of these regions of the world. Like, yes. Yes. Just what it is. So, uh, yeah, there's, the, I mean, there's the, the old hound dogs are from the South, American South for some reason. And I don't know. And we're in the South of France. I guess it's the South. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad there's no racist equivalent to uh, a Mexican cat. I mean, we have chihuahuas, but for cats, that uh, there is none really. So that's I'm trying to think of what. True. I mean, do they have Fair. cats for other? I mean, I know there's Persian cats, but is there other than are there Irish cats or are there? And there's the Egyptian Mao. No, those, those are drunk. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I'm thinking real hard on this one, and I got nothing. I got nothing. Yeah. I mean, they have, John like, might have discovered it. There might be leopards. You know, I'm gonna say you. You might be thinking you have to think of like big game cats, not domesticated cats. Yeah, and those are too badass to make fun of, so they, they get a pass. Uh, yeah, I ain't fucking with the cougar. Like, yeah. a, a lynx? Uh-uh. Nope. But now, now, 
the ultimate question. Where on the spectrum does this fall of the Disney movie, the, the movies I forced you to watch? <laughs> oh, where does this fall? Uh, well, I mean, if we're still keeping uh, the Emperor's New Groove as being like the top, <laughs> yeah, I, I believe it was for you. Yeah, um, good decision. And so far, I think Hercules is at the bottom. But... Hercules and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang are pretty. <laughs> <laughs> It's definitely somewhere in the middle. I, I I I enjoyed parts of it. It just it's just a little too ridiculous. Not ridiculous, just scattered for me. <laughs> okay. You know, a side note just to bring up um since you brought up Chitty Chitty Bang Bang one more time. <laughs> I, mean, I think we're gonna say that in every single episode yeah. now to the end of time. So I think <laughs> I think, as usual, my phone was listening to our conversations. So, like, on YouTube, I had a recommendation. Like, top something musicals of whatever. And Chitty Chitty Bang Bang was, like, the cover for that video. And <laughs> I was like, okay, whatever. I'll click on it. And I'm helping it do its job. I, I can't imagine that actually made the top ten of that list. It was what? in there. Of like, I mean, it was a very specific, like, you know, <laughs> list, though. So What was number one? But the point was, it turns out oh. from what I was listening to, <laughs> that uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang was the inspiration for Kyle's mom is a big fat bee in uh, the South Park uh, movie. Oh, I guess that's true. It, they do sound the same. <laughs> yeah, they took the same. There was actually several different songs that uh, like um, they took some from like Les Miserables for the uh, the resistance or whatever. Yeah, that was obvious. And, uh, the Blame Canada was also from some <laughs> other musical, but like, yeah, it's, it's basically the same tune because they were trying to ape off of the old classic musicals with them. And make I mean, that's them. kind of the whole show. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like they did a really good job of uh, appropriating it and turning it into some beautiful monstrosity. I mean, they won. <laughs> or at least were nominated. I don't know. Yeah, I think they won actually uh, an Oscar for best original song. I think. Yeah, I think so too. For, for Blame Canada. Mm-hmm. I don't. Easy. That doesn't make sense to me. I don't get it. <laughs> hey, a movie about a woman having sex with a fish man won also, so all bets are off. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you could you could take that kind of criticism and apply it to anything. Beauty and the Beast falls under a pretty similar category. For best picture. And I are not involved. Quit attacking. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like, 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 like Jess had asked, like, which one was number one in that list? Thank you. Holy <laughs> shit! You made me realize that 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 could have been a Disney movie plot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're never gonna answer wow. that question, are you, John? <laughs> what was number one? He still didn't hear it, John. What was number one on the video, the YouTube oh. video? Jeez, uh, of that set, uh, what was the number one? I think it was considered to be the sound of music. Uh, uh, all right, I don't, I don't agree. I don't agree at all. Wow. Like I said, it was a very specific list. I, I have to look it up. If I can find the link, I'll post it. I mean, just look at your YouTube history. Yeah. yeah this was like. Weeks ago now, I, I see so many YouTube videos. Okay, you do. Like I said you need to get just off of YouTube. <laughs> I support you, John. However, you should buy, you should get YouTube Premium. 
It's genuinely uh, okay. Yeah, that's why. That's why I just I don't even care anymore. I just leave it running all day. (laughs) (laughs) I I love having it. It genuinely is a great investment. Oh yeah, I I thought about it too. Like I early on, I was like, I cannot do this. I need to keep paid now for ad free. And you know what pisses me off? Those YouTubers that do the integrated ads into their videos. I was like, no. I'm okay with it. No, get your money. I get it. Get it. Yeah, that's how they're getting money. money. I don't don't mind that. And generally, they put like a twist on it, so it doesn't feel like like I don't want to hear about your Ray J earphones or your... You know what you should do? They're they're Raycon headphones, (laughs) and they were engineered to be the best best cost benefit. Stop. (laughs) You're not paying us. (laughs) It's like if you uh, want to watch the Kim Kardashian video, use Ray J's. <laughs> uh, the other thing that I watched uh, was also a Hulu series, a new Hulu series. It's uh, Solar Opposites from Justin Roiland, uh, half the creator oh. of Rick and Morty. Um, Why'd you do that to yourself, Mitch? Why'd you do it? I just I wanted to watch. I like Rick and Morty. I don't. I, I, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you here. But okay. That's a yeah. Show. Yeah. Solar Opposites is, is not a good show. I mean,. <laughs> It, it's it's got its charm in places, and it's definitely like Justin Roiland being like, "Hey, I I struck gold with uh, Rick and Morty. Let's see if I can do the same over here with the, almost the exact same content, but mm-hmm. with aliens." But it's like it's it's like they decided, "Hey, let's do American Dad," but they're all the aliens. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, which is also funny because American Dad is just Family Guy, like right, mm-hmm. but the the CIA spin or the ultra American spin. Um, uh, Thomas Middleditch is the voice of one of the aliens in it. Justin Renlin's the voice of the head alien. Um, who's, I think there's a couple other. Oh, uh, Sean Giamore, Giacomo. That's his name. I think uh, from Paul, it's Paul, Paul Giamatti. No, not Paul Giamatti. Uh, the, 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 the actor who plays Adam Goldberg in the Goldbergs, like he's the voice of the sun in in the in the show sun alien but yeah the it's just not i don't know it maybe maybe it's just missing the dan Harmon. maybe the dan Harmon is just what you need for uh rick and morty to be as good as it is and that's what that's what i feel is missing because it has it has the joke part it doesn't have the overarching kind of like actual narrative thing that makes that redeems any of like the most like poo poo parts of Rick and Morty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's 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 uh it's a show people could or if you haven't already binged it, and you probably won't because it's not your thing. <laughs> like you, if you did already, then that was because you wanted to. So uh, <laughs> I can see that. Um, but yeah, those are the things that I watched this week. Um, so I guess we'll get into the the great on Hulu also. Real quick, I believe it was called Top Ten Classic Musicals, nineteen forties to seventies. It was that video. That's what very specific. Uh, Very specific. And (laughs) okay, then I guess Sound of Music makes a little more sense. I don't think I agree that it's number one in that collection, but it at least makes a little more sense when you limit it by those years. Nineteen forty to nineteen seventy, what way what would you put in there as number one? The, well, oh. we've, got, we've got this um uh singing in the rain is in there singing in the rain, singing yeah. in the rain is in there that would probably be number one for me yeah 
Yeah, and uh, if I go back here, it's number one was Fiddler on the Roof. So I'm Mary Poppins. Oh, Fiddler on the Roof. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Oh, okay. I was way off. I like, but... <laughs> we should start a whole YouTube channel that's just like this, where it's like best musicals from like 1962 to 1981. And so oh, you yeah. can just engineer who's the top and bottom of the list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fair. Like, uh, that's, to, uh, to spring of 1971. <laughs> best musicals with the word longer and uncut in the title <laughs> coming in at number one <laughs> and number 10 <laughs> okay so the great on hulu episode three what is this one called you sir are not are no peter the great there you go that sounds like it's a quote from something i mean it's also uh and you sir are no um uh, it's another saying uh, I've met blank and user are no blank. It's it like mm. a Winston Churchill thing. <laughs> it sounds like something Winston Churchill would say. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, um, but so I, there, I guess I want to start with everybody's favorite scene in this episode. If you have one. Oh, you're asking her. I thought you were going to tell everybody what every, no. their favorite scene was. <laughs> very, no, <laughs> No, so uh, Jessica, what was your favorite scene in this episode? Uh, not necessarily because of what happens in it, but I really like that scene where Peter challenges the the guy that called him out during his speech for crying and just straight up murders him. I don't like that that happens, but the the snap of it, that acting within it, the general filming of that scene, I've like the thing I said, which like totally disturbed my mom. I was like, man, that was good. And my mom's like, what? And I was like, just filming wise, like not what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you just like, like the man getting stabbed? <laughs> I know, <laughs> like I perked up and was all excited. Like, oh, look at that. My mom's like, what is wrong with you? Who did I raise? <laughs> like, sorry. Like, I just, I really liked how that, that scene went as a whole. Just like rapid fire. Just like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> like, that is and, good. That and is then good. what he says, it's called strategy. <laughs> like, <just> <laughs> <laughs> that is fair. That is fair. Okay, John, what's your favorite? All right, so I have a favorite scene, but I also have a scene I was very intrigued by. Okay. So my favorite scene was um, when the general uh, Velimitov. Vel- uh, yeah. He. Um, of course. <laughs> He offers himself. Oh, to, that. Uh, oh, that. That was the good one. Yeah, and I. Oh man, the the cringe was so relatable on that scene. Yeah, it's just like, oh, oh I, I've I've been there, hurt. buddy. I know your pain right now. So um, my biggest problem with this scene is that the way that the showrunner or the director of the episode, which was the director of the episode, was uh, two people named Bert and Birdie. Uh, which I what? thought was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But um, the the way that this scene is filmed is him, you know, obviously offering himself up and it's a joke or he's not, he doesn't consider it a joke and it's so terrible. It's so gross and disgusting, but then they go, the scene goes on where uh, Peter and Grigor are laughing at him and making fun of the whole thing. 
and they keep focusing in on Vilimentov and how he's getting sad and stuff like that. It's like, am I supposed to start feeling bad for him at this point? Why would I feel bad for him? Like, why would the the director of the episode include that? It just makes absolutely no sense. I think that the purpose of the sadness is to kind of, oh, this is his turning point. Like Orlo's turning point was having to shave the other like this is it but that's not how it's portrayed later because he it isn't how it's portrayed later but i think that you're supposed to go oh oh this is the moment this is oh the moment. Oh, oh this is not the moment well that this does not play it. out for me that way because okay. it's he's disgusting and it's <laughs> not want to no. feel bad like i don't know and, and i appreciate that i i wholeheartedly do <laughs> yeah no, i i agree with you mitch it's one of those times where you're like you're watching a tv show and they keep showing like a cell phone on a table, but it's just coincidence that they keep show like flashing to that stupid fucking phone on the table. So the whole time you're like, damn, what's going to happen with that phone? Nothing <laughs> happens. It's just directions. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Sorry, John. What was the, the other scene that you wanted to talk about? The cold open. Like, what? I was going to get to that one. Yeah. I was, I was uh, going to be, go ahead. I was just like, uh, <laughs> I mean, cause I, I mean, I know what she's doing, um, but why is this happening here? And right. with that being the inspiration for it, like, oh, like I'm everybody just... likes that statue, man. What I'd love to talk about is the juxtaposition between the opening scene and the closing scene where Peter is basically cradled <laughs> on top of the statue sobbing. Yeah, like that statue just really like bookends this whole thing like in a really interesting way. But still, it was just like a really jarring uh, cold open. And uh, when Jess mentioned that she was watching this with her mom, I was like, "Ooh." Yeah, that was that was when I like right after that scene was when I sent you guys a picture of my glass of wine and be like, "There's not enough wine <laughs> in this world to watch this movie." Uh, yeah, like just the actual like act that's happening not you know in and of itself i'm just like what is actually happening here like why it, it was just really interesting to see what this is setting up and then and we'll talk more about it later we see that kid and i was like well yeah oh, the story before that oh, of when yeah. uh was aunt elizabeth is talking about when peter just walked in the room and he had me in, in the way that he wanted or whatever and and then, and then Peter was like, I know I was there. So, yeah. Um, Steven, what was your favorite scene? I, I don't have a favorite scene, but I really like this batshit crazy new air. Oh, jeez. So, okay. So, <laughs> it connects from where the wild things are, isn't yeah. it? I was yeah. really like, that's the same crowd. <laughs> Oh, I, I could think of him as the 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 kid from Arendelle. No, not Arendelle. What's what's the the place with the the veil, uh, John? Oh, the the Eyrie or the Eerie? Oh, the Eerie. Yeah, the the kid that was uh that got slapped by Sansa. What what? Oh, that, that was, uh, weird. John Aaron or yeah. Yes, yeah. John Aaron. There you go. That's who I kept thinking about. So, I want to come back to that scene. Because okay. I would, because I have some questions. Um, but so, I, I, go ahead. Okay, there you go. So your favorite s- subplot was Ivan. 
Yeah, him, him being yeah. at it. Because he is based in an actual person. But, yes. like, th- this is the one where it's it's the most separated from reality for me. Because, obviously, they've been showing characters that are, like, absurd heightened versions of the things. And some of them just being, like, we took this one characteristic, and that's the entirety of them for them. Yeah. The, them making them look the way they did, I'm just like, okay, yeah, no, this is yeah. fine. Like, it doesn't have to be, I don't have to watch this and think, like, oh, no, man, those people really got hurt. That was bad. Like, I'm just like, no, this is different. Okay. Yeah. This is so off off kilter that we're fine. Um, yeah. So, Mitch, what was your uh, my most favorite... interesting scene okay. since you hate the show? <laughs> Uh, I mean, the the scene that brought me a, a little bit of joy was, or at least brought me joy, was um, Savanka, the lady Savanka. Is that what her name is? Anyways, yeah. getting her muffins, uh, so to speak, when she walked into the newly tinted tea room and sh- her dress is the same material as the. That the was great. Tent. That was amazing. Oh, it was. I, I should have said that. <laughs> I should have said that. They, they, they mean girls her. Yeah. yeah, but wholeheartedly. Which I mean, I like that Georgia or George or whatever is like. I mean, she deserved it, and then the other girl was like, "No, we need to fucking smite the the empress now before it." And it's like I, I don't understand. I don't understand the power structure. I guess is my biggest issue with this. Like, shouldn't the empress be the the head of all these ladies? Shouldn't she just be like slapping them all down at some point? Well, that's that is the question. That is the ultimate question of how do you properly rule? Do you rule with an iron fist, or do you rule by making everybody believe that they have some form of authority and power, and therefore they want to come along with you? And that is always the question: Do you rule out of fear or out of love? I mean, loving fear. <laughs> I want people to be afraid of how much they love me. <laughs> I mean, good sentiment, but not usually oh, that's not, work. That's yeah. not me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, okay. I mean, yes, I, that's, that's my biggest issue. Like the, the either she has to slap all these ladies of her court into submission or she needs to get it so that they start, acting more properly i don't know it, it i don't like this side plot of the story i i, I kind of want her just to fixate more on just the coup, the coup. yeah well Wait, do you remember high school <laughs> i try not <laughs> well so it, but okay but how does the, i mean this plays into the coup because yeah. you have to have supporters if you're going to and orlo makes the exact point like you're gonna slap her down We've just lost her husband, who is a major military power, and we need him to come along. Yeah, but just lost it. I don't even think she lost it. I don't think she ever would have had that relationship Mm -hmm. because that was his wife. I think as soon as that was his wife, as soon as you found that out, I was like, oh, she was never going to win over that guy's favor. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But I mean, but but so that is the ultimate question. Like, does she try to win wife over to win husband over? Or does she slap wife into proper place? I mean, and and that is, it is a serious question when it comes to ruling, particularly as a woman. I don't know. I don't know. know, But you did like it. I mean, I did like the the theme because of what she did to Mariel the the episode before. Like, it's 
terrible. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, then I also have to say I, I enjoy the character of of Leo. Like he's so yeah. out of it. Like it, it. I understand why he's being brought in as for the show, but like it to me, it seems so out of place. Like he, his whole. I don't care. Like, why live in fear? It's like it's not living in fear. It's also just being like realizing where you are. Like, I don't know. It just mm. the whole. Uh, well, like, the, yeah, I just got the shit kicked out of me, but I'm gonna eat this egg. Cool. Like, it's I all like it happened minutes ago. It's it's in the past. You know. Mitch, did you watch? <laughs> you watched Thirty Rock, right? Uh, yeah, most kind of half of it maybe i don't know somewhere uh, around there i think i think he suffers from the kind of thing that john ham did in 30 rock where he's he's just handsome and people <laughs> get, like like he's handsome and benign so no one really gives him like the, a hard hard time so he's just like it's okay oh so you just <laughs> i think to it's take... the character we're supposed to have got you i mean <laughs> i understand that uh, this is, most most of his life hasn't been very terrible so yeah. this is the few things that he has to put up with that that's cool like he, he's not <laughs> russia i guess so i guess i i do want to jump off that basically talking about the new characters that we get introduced to and what their roles are going to be before yes. you get into that i just wanted to clear up that the the context of that uh quote earlier the title of the episode uh-huh. comes from the 1988 uh vice president um debate between D- Quail and the nominees, Dukakis's uh, running mate of Senator Benston, yeah. where Benston says, or Ben, yeah, Benson uh, said to Quail, I served with Jack Kennedy and you, sir, know Jack Kennedy. Mm. <clears throat> there you go. Just need to clear that up. Thank you. You're welcome. So I guess we'll, let's start with, with Leo, since he's got, probably the biggest ongoing role of our new characters. How do we feel? I mean, other than he's odd um, at the end, Catherine swears to Orlo that Leo will not have any knowledge of the coup. How long do we think that's going to last? Maybe five minutes into the next episode. (laughs) (laughs) Is Leo going to prove a useful ally in any sense? For maybe five minutes of the next episode. <laughs> okay. And then I think he's immediately useless. And then, like, causes problems. How is he going to cause problems, do you think? Uh, he's going to talk about it. No, I think I think he's been brought in, not brought in by Peter, but brought in by the show to be the, the distraction. Like, it's going to get her off of her plans. It's going to be... That kind of thing. Like she's, she, as you see in the end of the episode, she's ready to have sex with him yet again, like right away. Yeah. So uh, it, it, it's going to throw a wrench into her plans of like everybody, like Orlo and maybe even Meryl are going to be like, okay, so we need to make this, you know, coup start stuff happening again. She's like, oh, no, we'll get to that. I need to go have sex again, kind of thing. Um, I think, event- and then I think eventually Peter is just going to have him killed. And then thus she will be once again focused, focused and- on. Taking okay. over Peter. Any other thoughts? I, I definitely do think that I don't know exactly how it's going to go. I do think Leo is going to be killed um, in some way. And that is going to spark something in Catherine. I, but also 
along the side, lines of what I remember of Catherine the Great, I think Leo was something that I was missing about the Catherine the Great that I know, and the fact that Catherine the Great loves sex. So, yep. like, and that's what I was waiting for, and I was like, come on, she needs to like, because <laughs> she, she's all about free love, and like, all that. So, <laughs> that's, that was, I was waiting yep. for that moment to be like, no, you, you need to have sex with this guy, Catherine, like, because she uses... So I- her relationships too. She uses her favoritism and that's one way that you can, you know, gain power over people too. So. Yeah. So, I mean, she, so historically speaking, this definitely rounds out the real life, Mm -hmm. uh, lover, partner, potential father of her children that Catherine the Great had. We had Orlo, Vilementov, and then we needed the lover portion. Mm -hmm. Leo. Yeah. So that is that is interesting, John. But he had the mumps when he was a child, so that's he's sterile. Correct, because that has all the storyline. Yep. Um, John, what do you think is going to be useful in the coup? A distraction for the coup? Just get killed? Serve no real purpose? I think, yeah, he's probably going to be some kind of catalyst and probably going to get killed. Because he seems like he's a useful character. He's giving, like, even though uh, Catherine wasn't interested in him at first, you know, once she actually started to see, like, the inside of him, like, she was like, oh, you're actually kind of interesting and, like, uh, you know, having discussions with him. I think she's also kind of fascinated by his general demeanor. Like, he gets his ass kicked and then he enjoys breakfast. Like, it's nothing. So I think it's giving her some way to like think about things differently, maybe. But that's also going to serve to have him just cruelly, you know, dispatched by probably Peter in much the same way as the uh, the bear was. Mm. And that's going to be like, I think it's going to be like a final straw or like a breaking point for like everyone, I think, probably. That's what I'm guessing. Okay. I know nothing of this history, so I'm really going in blind. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's fine. I, I am curious. As we can tell, the storyline does not hold true to history. So it's it's more a question of where do you think the writers and directors are going than where history actually goes. Um, <laughs> uh, so I guess that brings me to the question about um, how do we think it's going to impact her thought process on ruling now having a lover. Cause we notice, I mean, she's somehow between having sex for the first time with Leo and meeting with Orlo wrote the entire pamphlet that they'd been spending weeks trying to decide on. And it was according to Orlo, a masterpiece. So, <laughs> so it clearly it's implied that her, expression of love is going to make her a better ruler. So what do we think is going to develop out of that, if anything? Is it going to make her more cruel when he does die? Or will she hold on to his thought process and of the whole thing? Both. It's going to be like a cyclical kind of thing in my mind where she's going to get real mad about stuff, but then she'll have a moment where she's like, well, what would Leo do? Okay. Okay. Fair enough. 
So then I guess the character that everybody's probably more intrigued by that we get introduced to is Ivan, the bastard child half-brother of Peter, um, <laughs> who has <laughs> been locked in a part of the castle, heavily guarded, and you Aunt Elizabeth... blindfolded to go see him. And Aunt Elizabeth is the only one who has the key. Um, so... I'll, want to get everybody's opinion but i kind of want to start with jessica uh what does it do to a child's psyche to be locked away like that forever oh, kind of messes <laughs> you up quite a bit but no way <laughs> so you mean to tell me it's probably not in his nature to say the line don't worry i won't stab peter i haven't even hidden a knife anywhere <laughs> yeah it'd be fairly yeah especially with the setting that he's in and I'm just, yeah, he'd be geared towards violence and aggression for sure. Cause he's geared towards boredom, but then also at the same time, always getting what he wants. So, mm-hmm. and he has no friends his age and just, well, he, he doesn't seem to have any friends. He's got yeah, no that's what I'm gonna say. He's got no as, friends. As opposed to the 45 year old people he's friends with. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, it definitely would not be your average child. So. <laughs> so anybody else's impressions about his lovely painting and demeanor or the interaction? Elizabeth? Crazy. <laughs> uh, he's crazy. So I mean just to um, understand, he's the product of incest and well no, Elizabeth is not his mother. I, I mean, that's oh. the way that the show is the, seems to portray it. It's the way the show portrays it. So in the show, it, the character is just from an affair that Peter's father had. Yeah. Oh, I see. And okay. his mother has been sent abroad, more likely killed. Yes. Yeah. More than likely killed. <laughs> that, is, that is the implication that um, the story gives us, is that... Ivan's mother and her supporters, she was most likely nobility, uh, attempted a coup to oust Peter, the current mm-hmm. Peter, and replace him with Ivan. Yeah. Most likely with uh, one of his, mo- one of Ivan's mother's male relatives serving as regent. Yeah, probably. But as we see with the show, often the history is changed around and moved around just like as. I, I don't know if we talked about this in previous episodes, but the Peter in this show played by Nicholas Holt is actually the grandson of Peter the Great, not actually son of Peter the Great. Correct. As yeah. we showed mm-hmm. throughout this whole episode. Correct. Mm-hmm. Which would make Elizabeth <clears throat> Peter the Great's daughter and make that whole first scene entirely more terrible. Yeah. Uncomfortable. It's, that's what I'm talking about. I was like, wait, what? It, is she doing this to to that? But isn't that? It's just about. It's just, she's just got a thing for statuary. Okay. But in this, in the storyline of the show, he would have been her brother-in-law, no blood yeah. related. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, we that changed. Does clear up that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm okay with um, it now. <laughs> I'm glad you're okay with it now. Uh, so, what do we think? What is Catherine going to do about Ivan? They're going to want to get rid of him. Wait till he gets older. Wait till he's 18, then kill him. Yeah, if, if 
I, can we can we bring history spoilers into this one? Sure, go for it. Okay, uh, he didn't it die until later. Huh? Yeah. I said, because it could change. The show will change it. <laughs> That's true. But yeah, no, he didn't die until later when he was like 20 or something. Mm-hmm. Correct. So... Once. They should send them away to like a monastery and then he becomes radicalized and he comes back and he's the new Rasputin. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, historically speaking, that would have been a good idea. Frequently, you, you send potential heirs off to the church in hopes that they basically, the church brainwashes them um, and keeps them out of the hands of courtiers. But do you think there's so. going to be any changes in, in to jump off of Ivan? Sorry, but yeah. do you think there's going to be any changes in like because of the way that we saw Arcady be treated this episode? Like he one Peter didn't like his speech, and yeah. told him to fuck off, and he said, "Well, I don't have to give you a reason why to fuck off." And then like, was it his wife was was telling him, "Oh, you can suck your own dick this time." Yeah, because he didn't back her. Yeah, and her upset. Um. I guess it's possible. I don't know. I I think of that more just as a general expression of how everybody's going to become discontented with Peter more so than they mm-hmm. already are. And so it'll be easier for the coup, but I, I don't, I guess I don't foresee Arcady being a massive player in the coup. Just more like a, oh, okay, you guys are doing a coup. That's cool. Like, have fun. Go do your thing. <laughs> Yeah, basically. (laughs) (laughs) So, I don't know. Anybody else? I got nothing for that one. Nope. I got nothing. So, then it it brings me to the question of Mitch's the scene that brought Mitch joy. (laughs) Is it going to inhibit Catherine's ability to continue on with the coup having the court ladies actively trying to work against her at this point. I think they're going to do I think they'll try to do the thing that they normally do with like gossip and tittering about what's happening, you know. Um and like they're like like in the background talk about stuff because even though they do things that are bad, it's still I don't know in a relatively benign manner to other things. Um and I think they'll end up discovering something because of trying to get this like background talk and gossip kind of thing. Okay. Well, it, is Catherine going to have to expend energy dealing with the gossip? And if so, how much? I think she will have to. Initially, she won't. Okay. Because I, I think she's, she had this victory and thought like, ah, I did it. <laughs> um, a blow for then, a blow, we're done kind of thing. Yeah. But that's not the case. Catherine should probably just assert her power and like publicly execute one of the ladies to put the rest in line. I think that's what she thinks she did. Oh, but it, <laughs> I don't know. That didn't seem to quite work out, at least with with Arcady's wife. Well, so then, so then here's my next question. George seemed, at least at the beginning to me, to be very problematic for Catherine. Yeah, because she think, was the head of all these women. But do we think George may break from the women and prove useful for Catherine? Because she was George seemed fine with it. She's like, no, that that's completely fair. The way they've been going tit for tat, like the Empress needed to assert herself. 
she has. She didn't harm anybody. There was just embarrassment, and that's perfectly acceptable. I think what we're seeing is that George, of everybody, knows how to play the game. Because, I mean, obviously she doesn't. I, I would say, I don't know if it's obvious or not. And I don't know if it's true. I don't think she particularly likes to be the king's plaything or the fact that, or no, I'm not the king, the emperor's, uh, Peter's plaything, or the fact that he just joins them in the middle of sleeping in the middle of the night, just for whatever, like a child. Yeah. Can we talk about that scene? Cause that felt very uncomfortable as well. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. And then now they're just trying to like, we need to get away from him. Let's go to the countryside and stay at our place there for a month, you know, just to be with the two of us, two of us. And now, Peter's also going to be going there. So if the Empress becomes more powerful and people start to like her more, maybe the Emperor will want to hang around with her more often. I think that's what George is thinking. Okay. George is thinking she can get her own freedom back by helping Catherine. Yes. So how is, because George clearly has a lot of sway. She has, she has a lot of what what would be called soft power. Mm -hmm. She has Mm -hmm. a lot of influence to exert. Is she going to use it more to protect Catherine from the women or protect Catherine from Peter? Because mm. I don't think I don't she know. can exert that, that influence both directions at the same time. Yeah. I, I don't know which of the things that she'll actually do, but I could also see her choosing to do whichever one she does too late. Okay. Too little, too late. Mm-hmm. So she's not going to come riding in last minute and save the day. No. Well, I, I think she might try to. And then she, she comes in to try to help and someone just like pushes her off the horse, essentially. Got it. I think she just, it will, const- it will be the more of just waiting to see who's on the winning side. Okay. For her. Now, what about Grigor, her husband? Do we feel like he's more inclined at this point towards the coup? Or is he, he's just still as is. He's always going to be Peter's lapdog. Got it. And then, of course, there is Velimentov. So the, the over, the, the thing that was the undercurrent for this whole episode was the question of the military. Um, Obviously, Vilimentov has become a less likable character, at least in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and Peter is trying to assert himself as a military genius, which <laughs> he's clearly not. Yep. Um, playing with toy soldiers is not the same as playing soldiers. Five other strategies that he could have done looking at that model. Away. <laughs> <laughs> so... Do we think Peter's final proclamation, because Jessica, you talked about your favorite filming scene being the one where Peter stabs one of the other generals. Mm-hmm. And he basically asserts that his plan that they all laughed at is going to be the plan that they do. Do we think this is going to be Peter's downfall? Do we think he's somehow going to pull it out of his hat? And will he use Vilimentov's help to do that? Mm. Or is somebody going to talk him back from that proclamation? I don't know if anybody's going to talk him back. I think they probably will go with that plan because of what Peter said. I think he's going to lose a good chunk of his army because of that plan. Um, 
free. <laughs> it is going to be a. I feel like bad plan. Yeah, I think I feel like Peter is giving Catherine the ability to get the military on our side. I feel like Peter is helping out the coup right now, mm-hmm. unintentionally, as how I feel it. It's it's going to go. Okay, John, what do you think? I think it's going to fail miserably, and he's Peter's going to blame it on everyone else except himself, of course. Well, yeah. Which... And, um, yeah, that's going to start making everyone else kind of look at him as like, yeah, maybe he isn't so great. And uh, huh. it'll start to turn the tide. I think it'll probably be one of the deciding factors that's going to turn the most people against him, if not outwardly, then internally. Mm-hmm. Okay. Steven, any thought process on that? No, not this moment. Not at the moment. <laughs> okay. I think what you I think what's gonna happen is that he's gonna be beaten down so much, uh, to the point where he's his bravado is gonna be on top of himself or you know, uh he's gonna make it he's gonna basically he's gonna try and perform his own coup and he's gonna try and go up against Peter and then he's gonna get killed. Vilamentov? Yeah. See, and I, I anticipate the story being that Peter's plan goes terribly wrong and Vilamentov lets it go, lets it go. But then his overriding need to protect the men, mm-hmm. because as he stated in the very first episode, you play the chess game correctly to save lives. Yeah. That Vilamentov is going to come in. And do a sweeping mo- do a sweeping move that saves the day, and look at Peter and go, "See, sir, you had such a great plan to save his own skin mm-hmm. for having disobeyed Peter, and Peter will just accept that." I see this as a potential setback, um, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it will give Vilamentov more influence over the military such that getting him in the coup would prove overall helpful because the men on the ground are going to know who saved the day no matter what the emperor proclaims now isn't this the first time we actually find out why they're fighting the swedes yeah yes so can we discuss the motives of (laughs) in war (laughs) I like that they George Bushed him for this one. What? They George Bushed him for this one. <laughs> yeah. Like they yeah. Like, oh, my daddy. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, my daddy did it. <laughs> and then, so I had to do it, and then you guys screwed it up for I me. Screwed it up, and I'm like, oh. you I don't attack like at dawn. You attack an hour before dawn when everybody's still drowsy and sleepy. At dawn, they're waking up. They're gonna spot you. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I love also the Swedes just being like, wait, what? They're attacking again? Like, we already had this war. And then <laughs> having to okay. like, fuck these guys uh-huh. and just push them back to their town, ta- their their yeah. territory, their country. It's so, it's so cute, the old idea of war. <laughs> we line up, we really run at each other. See who kills the other. Yeah. And, and that was it. You know, it was fine. It was this exercise. It, it, so frustrating. It was a chess game. Um, yeah. More so, any final thoughts as to what we're going to see next episode? Anything you want to see happen? 
I want to see Leo and uh, Catherine get it on. Not actually see it. I just want it to happen. Like it, they can show it if they want to. I'm progressive, but you want to see a scene like how Peter and Catherine have their sex scenes? Like you need that. No, just like even if they just mention it, it happens off screen. Like it I did. Like, it did happen twice they at the end. Sex in this one, yes. yeah. Twice. Twice. What do you think the unbuttoning scenes are? Oh, that's right. They did. Quite honestly, was I guess I didn't say was my favorite scene was when they got ready to when they started kissing each other and they were moving into the bedroom and Leo goes, "We're gonna need some help," and then they have to stop in the middle of this process. Have Ariel come and unbutton her dress. All right. To be fair, I watched this like right after we recorded the last time, and it's been fair. Oh, okay. okay. I didn't remember. I'm that. in the same spot. I, I, I was waiting until we record to watch the episode. I didn't even realize we were watching multiple episodes when it happened. It just ran, and I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> yeah. So this this will be the last episode that I haven't watched all in that first day that I watched this, or the next episode will be that. Got you. Got it. Okay. So, anybody else? Any other hopes for scenes in coming episodes? I do. I do actually hope they actually show how that battle goes. Okay. Yeah. I hope I actually get more action and see how they film that. That's about all I look forward to. Violence. Question about. (laughs) Okay. Like, is this actually being filmed uh, like on a soundstage somewhere, or is this like actual historical locations? Because these look like pretty big sets. It's it's a soundstage. Think, yeah, it's is so. It? Good. It's a soundstage. They did a good job. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say like they make it look like it's literally like a you know the courtyard of a palace or like this mm-hmm. huge hall with a giant statue in the middle that inspires people in different ways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess like this one more than. <laughs> yeah, this episode more than the rest gave me a more of a Marie Antoinette vibe, uh, which is a movie I really, really like. So uh-huh. I was like, oh, yeah, it feels like you're really there, kind of. And that it's the first time I actually questioned it because I thought it was sets before. And this one was like, wait, is this real places? I'm pretty yeah, sure that's. No. Well, yeah. the outside stuff may take place. I mean, yeah, the, the outside yeah. stuff is definitely on location somewhere. But yeah, the stuff inside is all is all soundstage. Because well, like it'd be crazy if they were doing it like the Mandalorian, where they have like a giant like, <laughs> the LED wall. Yeah. <laughs> Hulu has that Disney money now, so I'm so, I'm so excited about people using that. It's uh, such a good idea. <laughs> but no, like this this was in stark contrast because again, last night I watched a whole bunch of Legends of Tomorrow, and one of those episodes happens in Russia around like more around this time, uh, and that one was most decidedly. Over. Stage. <laughs> yeah, those Vancouver sound stages are a lot. <laughs> I mean, at least they didn't use that one external courtyard they use in every single one of the CW shows. Or the yep. expansion. Oh, oh yeah, that, that, that was yeah, that was Oliver Queen's mansion for a while. Um, okay. uh, one thing I, I, we didn't talk about that I did like was the right after the Vilmentoff like scene where he grossly lunges himself onto her uh she's so upset she walks out and the people were picking on the young pages i don't even know what they're considered at that point uh throwing stuff at them like was it lettuce or yeah, something just rotting while they're, while they're sitting pinned Not to like a, a wall 
and <laughs> and uh, she just you know take them you know like just screams at him like they listen which is awesome like I guess these are these would be soldiers right yep. that were doing it they're used to being yelled at <laughs> but they're being yelled at by the empress so like they're willing to do what she says at least in this yeah. aspect so I kind of enjoyed that 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 aspect of it um i also one of the things that you know i've kind of pinned down in this episode that i i do not care for in the show is the waste like all the cups and glasses and food <laughs> and everything thrown and broken and, and wasteful it's just like yeah this is why we hate rich people <laughs> yeah so going forward i would i hope to see her assert herself more yeah rich rich people and those booyah boys Yes. Which was a new phrase introduced to this episode, the Booyah Boys. <laughs> do, what? do you want them to like bring them like some like recycling bins and things like that? <laughs> I just want them not to destroy glassware. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. Like I understand glass isn't necessarily difficult to make, but it's still <laughs> Well, at that point in time, it's it's probably a bad thing that they're like throwing all the stuff around anyway. At least a little bit of that was probably mercury glass. Yes. Um, oh, most certainly. Probably most why certainly. I love yeah. it. It's crazy. I, <laughs> it's crazy. Somebody. Lead, mercury, and just inhaling it for your lungs. Yeah, it's not good. Oh. All right. There you go. All right. That's episode three of The Great on Hulu. Um, if you want to get a hold of me, I'm on Twitter. I'm at Mitchapedia, G E M, G E M says for Geek Elite Media. Uh, talk to me more about what I'm getting wrong in The Great. Uh, Steven, where can people find you online? You can find me across all social media as either Peppermint Gent or Peppermint Gentleman. Jessica? You can find me on Twitter as JM Bailey Writes. John? I am on Twitter at Magic Bollocks. And Elizabeth, where can people find you online? With the rest of Geek Elite Media at Geek Elite Media, our Facebook page is forward slash Geek Elite Media. And check out our website, geekleetmedia.com, for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our network please remember to rate and review our show on any one of the podcatchers that you use so that we can then spread our joyness to everybody <laughs> mm-hmm. but until next time this is the geeks watch on the geek elite media network saying always remember to geek, geek out, out. this concludes our broadcast Beep.